This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 12, Episode 23. This is Writing Excuses, Proposals, Pitches, and Queries. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. We're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we're going to talk about proposals and pitches and queries. But we're actually going to talk about them in reversed orders. Order, <laughs> uh, because we're going to go from short to long, which makes way more sense, I feel, for this podcast. But they aren't alliterative in the proper way <laughs> when I wrote it, queries, pitches, and proposals. And so I switched it around, and it's really annoying when the words do not obey and match their meaning to their proper alliterative state. Let's talk about queries. <laughs> My students panic about queries. Mm-hmm. Probably rightly so, because here you have practiced writing a longer piece, whatever it is. It's going to be longer than the query, unless you're doing certain <laughs> flash fiction. You spend all your time getting really good at this, and then you go on to the agent's website, and they say, send me a query letter. And you have no idea how to do that, or how to how to build one, or how to pitch your novel as a query. Like, this was really intimidating for me, and I never, during that era, got good at it. So mm-hmm. as we start into this, I just want to reassure short story readers that mm-hmm. this is a novel problem. Yep. Uh, you do not need to describe your short story in your query letter, and in fact, you should not. No, nope, because it's short enough for them to just read. They don't want. In fact, I've heard n- short story editors say, please don't give me a pitch in your cover letter. We just write your name and we will file it away attached to your story. And So the problem, and the reason I'm flagging this early on, is that both in both cases you will see attach a query letter. Short story writers, the query letters we're talking about right now, the queries, these are not yours. Don't <laughs> worry. All you have to do is put your name. Mm-hmm. They want that for reference. They often yep. will file the story separate from the cover letter and give the story a code name or something like that so that it is taking off people's names um, sometimes, not always. Not but, always, but yeah. some, some places do. All right, so how do we write a query letter? What is a query letter? Let's start with that. What, is, what do they mean when they want a query for a novel? Dan is just shaking his head and looking. Because oh, I never got good at this either. <laughs> um, really, what, what you're trying to do with a query letter is you're asking permission to send them your novel. Yes, but there's more than that. Um, Since this time, I've actually, now that I'm non-threatening to agents and editors, said, (laughs) how can I teach this to my students? And so I've gotten better at it now that I don't need it anymore. Um, (laughs) A query is one page. Most Mm -hmm. of the editors and agents I talk to uh, and this is mostly an agent thing. Most editors don't want a query. Um, The agents I've talked to all highly recommend get it shrunk to one page. Um, This is because they just want to look through and see if it's the sort of thing that matches what they want. Um, If you can just cohesively put together even one page. The other thing that they say about it is, and this is counter to what I learned way back when, is you're supposed to nowadays start with your your best foot forward. Um, I had heard originally that you start with a paragraph about you, and then a paragraph about your story, and then a, then a get out. Now the query advice that I'm saying on all the websites and from all the um, all the query places like Query Shark and things like this are saying, lead with your best foot forward. Start immediately into your proposal and your pitch um, in one paragraph. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I had always heard to, to keep the yeah. paragraph about yourself to the end. Did, had you? Okay, yeah. well, then maybe that's why I was bad at it way back when. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it makes but, sense because your book is going to be more interesting than you are. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's the whole the whole thing. Uh, I, I mean, I said that comedically, but— <laughs> And nobody it's laughed. Not, yeah, it's not funny. It's, it's true. The editor, it's no, true. I know what it was. I could guess. Once upon a time, a novel query— Led with your writing credentials because mm-hmm. you would not sell a novel without short story credentials. Yeah. Now that you sell novels without short story credentials, you're less likely to have any credentials. And so move that to the bottom. Yeah. In the old days, the fact that you had been published three times in Asimov's and, you know, this sort of thing was the most important thing about your novel pitch. Mm-hmm. And when Brandon and I started trying to break in— it was long enough ago that we were still, you know, printing out the manuscripts and yeah. right, and we still had editors saying to us, "Go get published in short stories in order to sell a yeah, novel," which nobody says anymore. No. Mm-hmm. So, regardless, so query is one paragraph. Now, here's the thing, Joshua, my agent, when I talked to him about this, I said, "What's what do you want for tone on these?" And he said, "Don't let it sound like a um, a movie trailer." Which I thought was really interesting, yeah. Yeah. Because your first instinct, I think, as a writer Mm -hmm. is to start with the movie trailer with the rhetorical question. He hates rhetorical questions. Now, this is going to be an individual thing, but I think a lot of them are, what if you, this, they want you to lead into the story rather than treating them like, you know, an audience in a movie theater, Mm -hmm. treat them like an editor who wants you to lead with the actual concept, not the fluff before you get to the concept. I have this sense that 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 form that you're talking about Mm -hmm. – uh, the formula that I use for back cover copy mm-hmm. would serve this well, which is character, conflict, setting, hook. Yep. Yep. That's, give me, that's give me a person, exactly. tell me what problem they're having, give me an idea of where this is having, happening, and then lay the hook. And I, And that last piece, hook, I don't know what that's going to be. If there was a formula <laughs> for hook, then this would be really easy. Um, yeah, well, and one of the things that is different about the query versus back cover copy is that in the query, you have to tell them the ending. Yes, you do want to tell them the ending, which is, go into that. Why do editors want the ending? Because they want to know that you're going to be able to stick the landing. Yeah. And I would say this is more important for the proposal than the query. Sometimes you don't have to, di- you know, you've only got a maybe two paragraphs in the query to talk about this. But if you've got a great ending, go ahead and... So let me update, yeah. my, let me update mm-hmm. my formula. Character, conflict, setting, hook, conclusion. Payoff is what I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you may be asking, how do I do that all? And this is going to lead us into pitches because um, when I've spoken to editors a lot about pitches, in fact, I've sat on now four or five panels at conventions that I have suggested me, editor and agent, doing American Idol for (laughs) novel pitches um, so that we can, and we are much nicer yeah, but oh, you need it, one rude one. It forces the um, the the aspiring writer to come up and give a pitch, but it also gives them an opportunity to pitch to people who could actually buy that, yeah. um, and things like this. And so I've done this a lot of times. And um, one of the things you have to realize is you can't get across your whole story, not in the query or the pitch proposal. You can, but that's we'll get to that in a minute. Query and pitch. You want to pick one interesting aspect about the character. One interesting aspect about the conflict. One character. Yeah, one character. That's one of the reasons I use that formula is that when a back cover copy uh, is trying to tell me about three characters, I'm lost. Right. Especially since often all you need to do, uh, you know, Brian McClellan's Promise of Blood, 
the detective character that we open with, all he needed to do to get me to buy that book was tell me the interesting thing about that character, and I'm right. in. I will give you my pitch for Steelheart, um, because what actually taught me how to pitch was pitching to readers, which mm-hmm. is not that different from pitching to editors, except you don't give them the ending. And so my query right now, if I were querying for Steelheart, would be, what if people started gaining superpowers? Just Wait, did you just start with world? a rhetorical question? I'm oh. not done yet. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. What if people started gain, gaining superpowers, but then only people, evil people, got them? That's, I think, a specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has worked really, really well. Throughout this world, people start gaining superpowers, and only evil people get them. If yeah. you want to get rid of the, the, yeah. the question. Um, well, one, one of the problems with the question, yeah. the, the editors that I've talked to who mm-hmm. hate the rhetorical questions, often the reason they hate them is because they're limiting. You know, have yeah. you ever wondered, blah, blah? Right. No, I haven't. Therefore, I'm not interested in it. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's the, have you ever wondered what would happen? If, like, no. No, it just yeah. doesn't work. So yeah. if you ask a rhetorical question that doesn't include your audience, then it doesn't work. So people start getting superpowers. Only evil people get them. Ten years later, we live in a post-apocalyptic world run by supervillains. David Charleston is a guy, or a teenager whose father was murdered by one of these, and he wants revenge. He's going to do it by joining a team of assassins who research superheroes, find their weakness, and then murder them. And that's my pitch to audiences. Um, for an editor, I would have another paragraph or another sentence or two going into this turns into a, an exciting heist story where they must dis- research Steelheart, the emperor of Chicago, find his weakness, and then lure him into a trap where the Reckoners kill him, right? That's mm-hmm. like your ending thing. And that is my paragraph pitch. It doesn't go into char- uh, David's character conflict. It doesn't go into the other characters in the group. Um, it doesn't even go into the specifics of the plot because for that story, the hook is the concept. Evil people started getting superpowers. There are no heroes. Yeah. The way I would pitch that mm-hmm is by stealing from the first line of your book. Right. Uh, now I've forgotten the character's name. Yeah, I've name. seen Charlie. Steelheart bleed. Yeah. Bleed. You yeah, know, David. Charlie has, or David, mm-hmm. David has seen the immortal hero Steelheart bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, the, the immortal yeah. supervillain Steelheart bleed. Uh, that all by itself is kind of hookish. And mm-hmm. then you've bought my time to tell me uh, you know, only supervillains or, you know, only evil people get the superpowers. Well, and this is the difference between back cover copy and and a query or a pitch is that uh, with the, the pitch or the query, one of mm-hmm. the things that you're trying to tell the editor is this is the kind of book it is. Whereas the reader has a yeah. bunch of other clues right. to tell them what kind of book it is. I'm really glad you brought this up because a good pitch or query will get across the tone, even if you have to state it explicitly. This is a teen heist novel um, where the end result is someone being assassinated, right? They need to know that sort of information before they know if they want to look at it. Disney is probably not going to pick that up, right? Hyperion is not interested in assassinating people as a story um, hook. But the publishers of The Maze Runner, which is where I went, that's exactly what mm-hmm. they want. They want things that are a little more, um, a little older. Yeah, and, and this is actually one of the places where you really want to invert and tell, don't show. Mm, that's mm-hmm. true. 
Yeah. Because you don't have a lot of space. Just straight yeah, tell Well, them. and you got to remember these agents and editors are reading so many of these that if they have to wade through your stylistic flourishes to get to the point, it's going to grate after a while. Now, I will say that one of the best queries, or at least most successful queries I've ever seen, was written by our friend Bryce Moore, where he put the query, and I don't recommend this, but he put the query in the voice of the character because the character voice was the thing that sold the story. And it, the query actually started with, I don't know how to write one of these things. They're stupid, right? Or something along those lines. Wow, really that's risky. really risky. Really risky. Um, but he got more responses to that query and more requests for full manuscripts than he'd ever gotten before. Yeah, well, and it's because he followed it up yeah. You know, if it was just that one line mm-hmm. and then the rest was was pedestrian, it right. wouldn't have worked the way it did. Let's stop for our book of the week, which is Codename Verity. So Codename Verity is an audiobook. Uh, I mean, it's a print book as well. Um, this is one of the best audiobooks I've listened to. Uh, and it's a fantastic story. It's set in World War II. Um, there are two, two narrators uh, and you get all of one narrator and then you get all of the second narrator. Uh, so it's not going back and forth. And it's written in epistolary form. Uh, one of them is a, uh, they're both women. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is a spy and the other is a pilot in World War II. And, and these are both historically based. Um, and and what you are reading in the first one, except that you're listening to it and that the narration is so good. It really feels like you are listening to her. Uh, you are, she has been, the book opens and she has been captured by the Germans and you are reading her confession. Wow. And, and it goes from there and it's amazing. I have been told that you should also pick up the, um, the print book because there are some really cool typographic things that are going on in it. So it, it is, uh, this is the only audiobook that I finished and started listening to again. And who was the author? The author is Elizabeth Ween. That sounds awesome. Uh, let's get back to this because we also have proposals. What is the difference between a proposal versus a pitch? A proposal, at least what I, what I uh-huh. consider a proposal and how I use a proposal, that is when I am talking to an agent or an editor and saying, this is what I want to do. Mm. This is what this book is going to be about. This is how I want the series to work. This is where I want the series to go or the book to go uh, so that we're on the same page with it. Um, now, that is a little different because I'm talking with a- agents and editors that I already work with. Right. Usually, if you're selling on proposal, you are already established as a writer. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd say that the new writer version of this is sometimes they request an outline, sample chapters and an outline. Uh, we got this very often when yeah. we were or trying to synopsis. break in. Or a synopsis. Mm-hmm. Synopsis means longer. Now, when I have asked this question so I can teach my students about it, I get varying answers, which seems to me that there is no specific. A lot of people say three pages-ish is what they, they get to. Uh, you know, one to three pages. Some goes uh, like three to five pages. Uh, this is where you don't actually give them an outline. Don't do subheading A, subheading B, but do a three-page synopsis of your story, hitting the major characters, the major story points, and include the resolution. And the twists. And the twists. twists. Yep. Usually you are not giving this without sample chapters. Yeah. So they can see a sample of your writing, 
and then see if the story makes good on the promises in the sample chapters, which, by the way, should always be the first chapters. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're like, oh, it doesn't get to the interesting stuff until chapter, then yeah. you're, you've, your first several <laughs> chapters need to be cut. Yep. Um, yeah. And this is one of the things that I, I struggled with a lot was, was trying to figure out how to write the synopsis or the outline. And one of the things that helped significantly was when my editor explained to me that what the real purpose of it was for them was as a selling tool to go to the sales department. Right. So one of the things that you're trying to convey in, in this is the sense that the reader is going to have while they're reading it, which is why you want to make sure that you're including some of those twists, but you don't include all of them because it is shorter. Right. And, you, you know, and particularly if you've got something that's a really complicated thing, but even, even in my novels, which are pretty short and straightforward, I don't include every detail. Now for what I can do is I have, uh, I pitched to Random House three different stories last year uh, to follow up Steelheart. And they're one sheet uh, pitches. So they're almost queries. They're a little bit longer than a query would be because they are really just, you already know all the surrounding material, and so it's it's they're more in between a query and a proposal. I'll put those on the Patreon for um, for um, 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 one of the upcoming months as a, a, one of the random hat rewards, so that those who are listening who want to grab that, we'll put them on there so that people can read them. I want them behind the wall because these are they do spoil some things for books that are coming out. I don't want them just floating around on the internet anywhere. Uh, but we'll stick those on there so you can see. And I did three of these basically so that my editor and uh, publisher could read them and then come back and say, this is what we think is the best follow-up to what you've been doing for us so far. You know, I can also throw in um, uh, the, the Glamorous Histories one because Shades of Milk and Honey is a straight-up query letter because I didn't have an agent when I wrote it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the ones that come later in the series, of course, I'm pitching to them yeah, uh, so it, we'll put that on as our July perfect. Um, reward for the Patreon Random Hat level. Um, so if you wanted a chance to jump on the Patreon, because I think you can just jump on for a month, a month and download yeah. all of that stuff, uh, download most all the stuff we put up before, mm-hmm. um, and then jump off. You can just jump on for that month. You know, yeah. generally, generally speaking, uh, the you know as we've talked about queries, um, you're working with someone who. You may have met once, um, but you don't have a long relationship with, and you are trying to convince them that you have something that is going to be interesting to them and that you're going to be good to work with. Uh, With a proposal, they're probably already working with you, and what you are offering them is something that they believe they can sell. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I mean, ultimately, all of these are going to somebody who is going to need to sell it. And that's one of the things that as writers, we often forget is that when we're pitching to editors, when we're pitching to agents, we are pitching to people who need to sell this to a larger audience. And, and it's difficult to, you can double think yourself forever there. Yeah. Two weeks ago, my editor at Random House sent me an email requesting, Hey, can I get the updated one sheet pitch? to give to marketing and to the art department so they can start working on these things. I mean, they that actually yeah. just happened to me. 
Um, I, I'm going to recommend that you guys go back and listen to an episode from uh, with Michael Underwood where he was mm. talking about mm-hmm. how to hand sell your book because a lot of the tools that we're talking about are things that you use when you're hand selling. It's a lot of the same things of how to make your story sound appealing and, and recognizing that you're going to shift it slightly depending on who you're pitching it to or who you're sending your proposal to. All right. Well, I think we're out of time on that. I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to practice a verbal pitch, kind of like I did earlier. Hopefully you won't stumble through it as much as I did. Uh, But that's the point of this exercise is I want you to write it out. I want you to memorize it. And then I want you to practice it with 10 people. I'm going to force you to actually take a piece of paper and make a punch card for yourself to punch, to have the other people will punch and give their initials when you have done your 10 pitches to 10 different people. Tell you what, I, I will generate a punch card that, wow. that they can download on the website. There you are. Awesome. Get your punch card taken care of with 10 people and give yourself a prize after you've done it because I want you to get so smooth with this pitch that you are able to give it when you're very nervously approaching an editor, agent, or a reader, if you're self-published, telling them what your book's about. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.